How's it going, guys? Welcome to episode one of the Give and Go podcast, hosted by myself, Jackson Morrow. This is the first one we got going tonight, and I'm more than happy to announce that I'm finally, I was debating for a week, you know, what, what should I do? Should I do a football one? Should I do a basketball one? I'm doing two. We'll get into that later. But for tonight's episode, I chose to launch the Give and Go podcast, which, is, will, be, which will be a uh, basketball specialty podcast with two episodes a week at around, we'll see how it goes, probably 35, 40 minutes each one. And I'm just going straight, straight 40 minutes. You know why? Because I don't know how to edit and I don't want to learn how to. So I'm relying on my vocal cords here to just stay with me for the next 35 to 40 minutes we got here. Okay. Jackson Morrow, 16 years old, uh, going into my junior year of high school. I play baseball, basketball, and football, and I'm just an all-around sports person, not a school person. All right. Here we go. Let's get right into it. Come on. I am – all right. So what I'm going to do here is just split up. This uh, first episode into three kind of mini segments, kind of major segments about what's been going on, what do I like, what do I not like, what concerns me, what questions do I have as a basketball fan. So the first segment is I pick five teams and I pick five teams that I'm going to sum up what I liked, what I didn't like about the free agency period. And let's just start with the two firepower teams that came out swinging this year, which were the Lakers and the Clippers. All right, we'll start with the Lakers. First of all, season ends. This was before free agency started. They make the trade for Anthony Davis, giving up Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball to the New Orleans Pelicans and some picks and Josh Hart. And so Rob Palenka here, he created a max caps, caps lock. And their goal the whole entire time was Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard, super team. We want Kawhi. We want AD. We want LeBron here for the next four years. We want championships. We're LA. Well, that didn't work out. After Kawhi Leonard signed a four-year, $141 million deal with the Clippers. And not only that, they also got Paul George as well, which was... I woke up to this one. I wasn't awake at 2 o'clock Eastern or whatever it happened. I was in shock. The whole entire time, I'm a LeBron fan. So I root for the, I, I'm rooting for LeBron here. I, I wanted to see what a Kawhi Leonard super team would look like. But realizing it now for the balance of the league, I, I thought... I think it's going to be the most competitive season I've seen so far in my lifetime. But what happened over this period was unbelievable. I mean, we have somebody here, Kawhi Leonard, who's a quiet guy. Nobody will ever, I mean, we have thoughts of where he's going to go, but nobody ever knows the inside of what's going on in his head and what's going on. So we pretty much said, now that we know, he went up to Steve Ballmer. He said, listen, dude, you trade PG, I'm coming. The amount of pressure that Jerry West and Steve Ballmer and the front office had under them to get this deal done. And to do this, to get Kawhi Leonard and create a superstar duo for the next four years in L.A., it was unbelievable how they pulled that off. And now that they have that, I mean, I, I could easily see L.A. versus L.A. in the Western Conference Finals for years to come. But we're talking about the Lakers here. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk more Kawhi later. So the Lakers struck out on Kawhi Leonard. Uh, they didn't get him. So then Rob Plinka and company had to turn to the fact, which was, all right, let's fill out this roster. They started off, they signed Danny Green to a two-year, $30 million deal, which I love. 3 and D type of player that they needed. Compliments LeBron perfectly. Uh, later on, they got Boogie for a one-year, $3.5 million deal. I'm telling you, they, give, they don't rush him. They give him his time to get back to Boogie form. He, he works out this summer, exercises well. I'm telling you, he's going to go back to that 25-12 and 12 Boogie he was in 2017 with the Pelicans. They recently got Avery Bradley two days ago. On a two-year, roughly $9.5 million deal, who 
really came along in his about 16-game season with the Grizzlies, or with Clippers or the Grizzlies, which is where he finished. They signed Jared Dudley and Rajon Rondo to the veteran minimum. Dudley's just a high-character, good locker room guy. Rondo, uh, they, they needed to bring him back. They needed a veteran point guard other than LeBron, which we'll get into later about that switch. And I think what would complete this roster would be if Andre Iguodala gets bought up by the Memphis Grizzlies and they sign him. I think then we're looking, okay, head to toe, this lineup is, is going to compete for championships. On to the Clippers. As we said, Kawhi, Paul George, uh, strong. What, what people don't talk about is the quality of depth in this team and their bench, what they have. Lou Will, six, literally the best six man to ever walk this planet. He's unreal. He's a walking bucket, and he will continue to do that this year. Montres Harrell, who's an energy beast who I love, who brings that defensive intensity and uh, uh, just paint presence overall. And they got some other guys like Landry Shamit. They traded away their young draft pick, uh, Shai Gilgis-Alexander, and part of the OKC deal. But I, I, I just, obviously, I love what they did. They added uh, the finals MVP and the top three MVP candidate last year on one team in about two hours. It was unreal. So, yes, Clippers and Lakers. That, wow, that... Warriors, not out, not out of the picture, definitely, but, you know, Clay's hurt, they lost KD, uh, they lost Boogie, they're still in the picture, they got D'Lo, but I'm talking, like, face of the Western Conference will be the Lakers and the Clippers, and I can say that very confidently. Let's move up north to the six, to the Raptors. So, if you're a Raptors fan, you had, you had to just have that thought in your head that this was coming, we were going to lose Kawhi. Uh, they also lost Danny Green, and they had to think that too. We lose Kawhi, we probably lose Danny Green. But, but, everyone else is returning. Now, uh, uh, Masai and Bobby Webster have to go to this plan B for the future. They, they could have $90 million in cap space next year, which, you tell me that this year? You, you tell me that in December of last year, going into this, saying, oh yeah, we have Kawhi in a one-year deal, and we're going to have $90 million in cap? Like, then you're sitting pretty, but right now you have no Kawhi, you have no Danny Green, you're built, you're, you're talents around a young Pascal Siakam with Marcus Saul and Fred Van Fleet and Kyle Lowry on expiring deals, and then you have 90 million. And you know what I say to that? Yes, maybe bring those guys back, but Marcus Saul could retire. We don't know what Fred Van Fleet wants. Maybe he wants a bigger, a bigger role, and if they bring Kyle Lowry, maybe he wants to start somewhere. So I don't know. There's no big free agents next year. There's none. Besides Anthony Davis, who signed a max with the Lakers. There's, there's, there's nothing. They're expiring contracts. And what I think they should do, I think uh, they'll be busy around the trade deadline 100% this year. If they, if they fall out of it, I'm talking 6th, 7th seed where they know they can't compete for a championship with a loaded uh, Bucks and Sixers team, then they're definitely going to be sellers. And I know this because Masai, he's, he's a smart guy. He's smart. He got Kawhi Leonard. He got that championship. I, I could easily see them shipping out Lowry, Van Fleet, and Gasol. And I could, I could definitely see them going into a full rebuild when it's all said and done at the end of next season, building around Pascal Siakam, who they love, who they wouldn't trade for Russell Westbrook and Paul George. Which, when, when you hear that, when you hear that you wouldn't trade for Russ and Paul George, no, it's not about Russ not being a team player, not wanting to play with Russ. It's about what the organization and the franchise feels, how Siakam can develop and become that player that they need. All right, so there's the Raptors. Oh, boy. On to the Knicks. All right. I'm not a Knicks fan, but I am a Knicks defender in this situation. Yes. What do you look at when you first talk about Knicks free agency? Oh, you miss KD and Kyrie. They went to Brooklyn. You couldn't get Zion. Now what do you got? Well, I look at the Knicks and see we had a lot of money. We used it. Who'd we use it on? Bobby Portis, 
Julius Randle, Alfred Payton, Reggie Bullock, Wayne Ellington, and maybe now we're talking about Marcus Morris coming to New York after reconsidering his Spurs deal, which was two years, about $20 million. They'd have to restructure Bullock a bit to be able to have the cap to get him. But look, look, am I saying this team's going to win the championship? No. But am I saying that they deserve that much hate? No, they don't. You look at this team, this roster, who Mitchell Robinson I love, who's been great in Summer League. RJ Barrett, we'll talk all about him later, don't worry. But what I see with this roster is a solid, I see a solid six, seven, or eight seed that, that, can, that can maybe give the Bucs a run for their money, take them to five or six games and lose. But still, they got one and ones. They can play with cap next year, which, I'm not worried, which, which is good for Knicks fans. Maybe they'll use it right this time. Unlike, you know, the big guys, which New York wants and they haven't had in a while. But I see a roster, it's not terrible. It's not bad at all. I will tell you this. Uh, I, I think on paper, the Knicks are a better team than the Miami Heat right now. I'm telling you. Who do they got besides Butler? Now, Westbrook comes into the equation. They add him. Bam. Instantly, Heat are better than the Knicks. A lot better. A lot better with Westbrook and Butler. Which now leads us to the Heat, which... Yeah, so that was, that was my two cents for the Knicks right there. But about the Miami Heat, which I thought were another really interesting team. I'm telling you, I think Pat Riley's got something up his sleeve. You signed Butler to a max, who... I'm not the biggest fan of Jimmy Butler, especially when it's just him, when it's just him right now. But if, if Pat Riley can be the guy that he is and go out there and trade for Russell Westbrook, and then what I'm hearing right now uh, per Woj on Twitter is that Cleveland is a third team that could be involved in this trade. And what I've heard is that maybe Kevin Love on his way to Miami too. Now, yes, cap concerns is very high there about what they're going to do. But I'm telling you, if, if they can go, if they can have some fun out there and get Russell Westbrook and Kevin Love in a, in a trade package and then have a big three of Russell Westbrook, Kevin Love, and, and uh, Jimmy Butler. That's a team that competes in the East. That's a team that will fight to get out of the East with the Sixers, with the Nets, with the Bucks, with the Celtics. All right? So th- those were what I thought my five most interesting teams were in free agency, which now leads us to the three most impactful players or moves for the 2019-2020 season. So about this, how I wanted coin the Lakers. He didn't go to the Lakers. He went to the Clippers. This means pretty much in the NBA, there are no super teams anymore. This is a league of duos and great supporting cast, uh, teams that will compete for uh, a title. Listen to this. I, I did my research on what teams had who, and I found 10 legitimate duos that people that are rooting for these teams have realistic title hopes for next year. PG and Kawhi. LeBron and Anthony Davis, Steph and Clay, Simmons and Embiid, Luka and Przingis, Kyrie and KD, not this year but the following year, CJ and Dane, Kemba and Jason Tatum, James Harden and Chris Paul. And then you're telling me add another one of two elite, uh, not MVP, well, yeah, Russ is an MVP and I think Jimmy Butler could be an MVP caliber player. If you tell me you add them in Miami, come on. This is, this is so competitive. If you're an NBA fan and don't like what happened, you're like, oh, well, stars control the league. Yes, they do. But the way that they control this league, they've made it so much more competitive and so much more fun for as me as a fan to watch next year. I'm telling you, next year, come playoff time, April, May, all eight teams that are in the playoffs in the Western Conference, and what I wrote down my mock standings for the West I got the Clippers, the Lakers, the Blazers, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Rockets, the Warriors, and the Spurs. Come playoff time, all those eight teams, all those eight teams think they have a title chance. And their fans should too, because their teams are that good. So yeah, there's that. And also about Russell Westbrook. I think Russell Westbrook is a huge impact for wherever he goes this year. 
Yes, I'm going to steer away from Miami right now. I'm going to talk about other options because it's not just Miami. Miami, uh, teams can easily decide with Miami. No, you're not giving us amount of picks. Tyler Hero isn't the guy we want. Uh, you don't have enough for us. The cap won't work. So I'm talking about the Detroit Pistons, who would I think be another – definitely the East. With Russell Westbrook, I think 100% East. He will not – I'm telling you, put me on record by saying this. Russell Westbrook will not be playing in the Western Conference come uh, October next year. I like the Pistons. I like Blake Griffin. I still think he's young, and if he's healthy, I still think they could have a chance to make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. And I think uh, a trio of Westbrook, Griffin, and Drummond, yeah, that's a good team in the East. That's a really good team in the East. That's a team that could be better than the Pacers, who were the four seed last year, or the five seed last year. That's a team that could be better than the Raptors, who, which will. That's a team that could be better than the Nets, with just Kyrie Irving next year. That could be a good team right there. I don't like Chicago for Westbrook. I don't. I don't like it at all. They're too young. Westbrook would have to shoot 80% of the shots, and I don't want to see that. I want to see Westbrook play with a balanced, good team that's deep. And Chicago's not deep, too. I, I don't think so. I, Chicago, I'll talk about Chicago in about three or four years if, if uh, Kobe White and all those other guys develop. Mark, Mark and I like, but just not now. With the, with the landscape that's going on in the NBA, not now. Not now. Not now at all. And what I think was an impactful move of the, the Lakers front office after they struck out on Kawhi. I mean, you're telling me, like, I think Rob, we talked about who they signed and what they get, but we didn't talk about how it came to this. I think Rob Polinka is spectacular. Why? Because he got rid of bad contracts of Ma- I'm going back like two, three, four years here. He got rid of the bad contracts of Timothy Moskov and Luol Deng, signed LeBron, traded for AD, and he was called a backstabber and he was shunned by the media in favor of Magic during that whole fiasco uh, towards the end of the season last year. And then he also created cap space for a max free agent who we all thought, oh, we created space, definitely. Kyrie, Kemba, Kawhi, any of them, oh, great job. No, that didn't happen. They waited for Kawhi. They missed on Kawhi. They didn't get their man. And he still created a championship caliber roster in the Western Conference. He was amazing. He was the most underrated player in this whole entire free agency, Rob Palenka. Rob Palenka and Jerry West deserve a pat on the back for what they did, which was great. It was unreal. I am so happy with what the Lakers did with their roster after not being able to sign a guy like Kawhi Leonard. I mean, come on. That is just great stuff right there, man. So the questions uh, that I have for myself, uh, where do I want to see Russell Westbrook? I got into that. I talked about that. Um, Eastern Conference, definitely. I think... I, there's not really many options for Russ. I see. Oh, ooh, we didn't talk about this. The one exception that I could make for the Western Conference would be the Minnesota Timberwolves. That would be fun. Uh, we're talking most likely Thunder uh, try to uh, get Wiggins back to what he, co- what, what he could be, which is wor- the work ethic has to be there. And to be quite honest, we haven't seen any of the, you know, we haven't seen anything really spectacular from a number one overall pick in Andrew Wiggins. And I'm very disappointed because I think he has it. I just don't think he wants it himself. So if you're telling me that the Thunder can get Wiggins and some, you know, make the cap work, get some picks, and then be more than willing to send him to a Western Conference team in the Minnesota Timberwolves, then that's another duo. What I say? The game of duos. It's a game of duos today. They have a solid bench. They have Chris Dunn, who might not return. They lost Taj Gibson. They got Gorgia Dang, or maybe not. There's some guys, you know, not the best, not the best bench, but still a bench that can hang around in there. But if they, they, wouldn't, they won't need the bench as much if you're talking Russell Westbrook and Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, that's good. That's really good. Uh, I think that's a better duo than Russ and Jimmy Butler. Yes, two completely different positions in shooting guard and uh, center. But still, the talent, I think Cat is extremely talented. And I think they could really – I think if you're the Timberwolves, I think you got to say, screw it, let's do it, and, the, and then do it. Honestly. I mean, come on. Uh, 
they haven't got much going for them. They had the one playoff appearance two years ago or three years ago, and then it's just been it's been very bleh for Timberwolves fans, I have to say. All right, next up, what is what do I think the Lakers' best starting five is? Okay, well. Point guard LeBron for the 17th season, and I watched LeBron for about the past 9, 10 years of his career. He's always been a point guard, just labeled a small forward. I mean, if you look at it, yes, last year Lonzo took the ball up when he was in Miami. Mario Chalmers was there. He started every game, played point guard. Uh, Kyrie Irving was the point guard in the uh, with the Cavs when LeBron was there, but LeBron has always just had that in him where he could just be like, all right, give me the ball, I'm taking it up, and being a point guard. But now you're telling me with this roster, if Boogie can get in shape and Anthony Davis is, is will be – that pick and roll with LeBron and Anthony Davis will be unreal. You're telling me LeBron gets to sit back and, you know, just take it easy a bit in the regular season and he's playing point guard now? You're looking at an easy 10 assists per game. And he's LeBron, so he'll be LeBron. He'll get 25 minimum. He'll get – got you eight and a half rebounds. So we're talking like 25, eight and a half, and 10, 10 and a half. I'm saying for LeBron for the regular season. He won't have to score as much, and that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. So this is LeBron at the point guard position. Shooting guard position, uh, no matter where LeBron plays, whether it's point guards, uh, small forward, or power forward, Danny Green will be the starting shooting guard, 100%. I don't think Avery Bradley is, is better than him at all, but I do think Avery Bradley can close out games, which we'll talk about the closing out lineup later for the Lakers. But right now, just to start a shooting guard, you know, a very solid 3 and D player who played well for the Raptors last year, Danny Green, definitely. Uh, Small forward, I'd say Kyle Kuzma, who 100%, no doubt, is the key to success for the Los Angeles Lakers this season, definitely. They need to get him more consistent in the three-point game. He needs to be a better defender. Last year, he was not a good defender. He needs to defend. You're telling me in the Western Conference final series with guys like Montrezl Harrell, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard... I mean, these guys can't guard everybody. He's going to have to guard somebody. He's going to have to guard a Lou Will once in a while. He's going to have to guard a Kawhi Leonard, a Paul George. He has to get better, and he's the key, and I think he can. I really think he can. Because some of the pressure's off with Anthony Davis playing power forward at this, at, in the starting line. Anthony Davis has been on record saying he does not like to play center, which is fine. He likes to play the four, which I think definitely uh, new coaching staff, Frank Vogel, Jason Kidd, they'll, they'll agree to. He'll definitely be the power forward. And... With that being said, if all goes well with Boogie, he will be the starting center. But but I don't want another Golden State situation. There's two instances of this. They rushed him back into the lineup in the regular season, and they rushed him back into the lineup in the postseason, which stunted his development as being more healthy, which I have no objection to as rooting for the Lakers, them starting JaVale McGee in the first 10, 15 games of the season until Boogie's fully healthy. Because right now, they're both fully healthy. I want Boogie uh, nine times out of ten. I won't boogie, but JaVale McGee, if you watched Lakers basketball last year, you knew how big of an impact he was on the court in those first 25 to 30 games. He was getting four, three, four blocks a game. He was spreading the floor, catching lobs, throwing it down. And then I don't, the only reason why he had a bad second half of the season and bad, like he wasn't moving well, is because that uh, ammonia he had in December. After that, he was not the same person. And from watching 80% of the Lakers games, I can tell you he was not the same and he was not the same at all. So now, come closing time in the game, this is where Anthony Davis says, okay, I'm okay with being the biggest guy in the court. You could play me at center. To close the game, I want to see LeBron, Danny Green, Kyle Kuzma, Anthony Davis, and Avery Bradley. Uh, end of the game, it'll be, it'll be a close game most likely if we're talking about the specific lineup at the end of the game. Avery Bradley can defend, man. He can defend. That's what he's known for. 
he had better defending years in Boston in 2016-2017. Uh, got up up there in age, which they they all do. His defense is not as good, but it's still I'd consider it elite. And I think another great move by Rob Plinka there. Very good. It's very good there. All right, so that's a starting and closing line for the Lakers. All right, now on to this one. Why aren't the Rockets making a move right now in free agency? Almost every single other team has made a move, and I don't think the Rockets have made one. And you know, you know why I think this? I think that uh, Daryl Morey is afraid to upset Chris Paul and James Harden. The whole thing, I think he was shook by the whole thing with Chris Paul and James Harden, you know, about their relationship not being, being finished, having to ship him. And there were talks earlier about uh, them actually making a move and trading for Russell Westbrook uh, and sending Chris Paul to Oklahoma City. Chris Paul said, nah, I'm not, I'm not moving to OKC. All right. Close that. That's not possible. I don't think there's anything that they can do that doesn't involve Chris Paul for a trade with Russell Westbrook just because of salary, just because of cap space. I mean, you look at the numbers of the contracts. I mean, Chris Paul's contract is a lot worse than Westbrook's. That is one of the worst contracts ever, Chris Paul. I mean, he's not performing at a high, at a high level at all. I don't think so. Compared to what he did, not at all. But they, they were still they were still one win they were still one Chris Paul injury away from playing in the finals, which is unbelievable. The only team they haven't beat is the Warriors, which is maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's why Daryl Moore's not making a move. He's saying, you know what, we're fine. We have Clint Capella, we have PJ Tucker, we're still we still have the same team. All we didn't beat is the Warriors, but now this is why I don't agree with that, because it's not just the Warriors anymore. It's the Clippers, it's the Lakers, it's the Jazz, it's the Nuggets, it's the Trailblazers that they'll have to beat too. And I just don't think an old, bad contract Chris Paul and James Harden, I love James Harden, averaged 36.5 points last year. I love him. It's just that he's got to show me it come playoff time, and he hasn't yet, which is why uh, when there were talks about a Jimmy Butler potential move for five first-round picks to the Rockets, if I'm Daryl Morey, I'm going, yeah, we need that. We need that guy like Jimmy Butler come playoff time, or like that. And James Harden might, may, not, may not have liked that. He said, I'm the man. We don't need anybody else. They have, they have solid depth. They have a good bench in Clint Capella, P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon's got to get the three right this year, though, and then he'll be fine. But now what do I have them in the West? I it's five or six seed. I think the Rockets and the Jazz roster-wise is about equal right now. I just say it's, it's more even because James Harden is a superstar and the Jazz don't have that. But the Jazz, Jazz were the most were the best team in free agency, I thought, in terms of quality and value-wise. Not big names, not big names, but just value. You're talking about guys like uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Mike Conley Jr. I mean, you get, you, you get Mike Conley and uh, Donovan Mitchell, and then you got Bogdanovich, and then you got a runner-up defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert. I mean, that's really good. If Donovan Mitchell takes that step forward this year and shoots the ball better, and has more points and spreads the floor more and uses Conley, who is a who's gr- perfect complement to Donovan Mitchell. They can be a they can be a contender. I see the problem is I want them to be a contender. They they have the talent to be, but just they don't have the talent to be with, with the Clippers and Lakers. Just looking at the Clippers and Lakers and just seeing Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Pat Bev, Montrezl Harrell for the next three four years, it's just it's just unbeatable with a team like the Jazz, I think, and with the Lakers, like. I was watching the Stephen A. Smith show a couple days ago, and this guy was telling me the Jazz take the Lakers to seven and beat him. I'm like, come on, dude. The Jazz were good in free agency, but they're not beating LeBron James. It's not even close. Come on. Get out of here with that. Next one. All right. R.J. Barrett. I said I'll get into him later. I'm going to get into him now. What the hell is wrong with this guy? Should we be concerned? 
Yes, yes, it's two games in. But let's look at the numbers in those two games in. R.J. Barrett's stats. He's averaging nine points per game. He's shooting seven of 33 from the field, which is 21%. Shooting two of 13 from three, which is 15%. This is the most just, oh my God. This is just the most, oh my God, stat. Two of eight from the free throw line. Two of eight. That is, according to my math, one, one of four. That's 25%. And five turnovers per game. Dude almost had a triple-double last game. 11 points, 9 rebounds, 9 turnovers. Come on. And you know what argument I could easily debunk the quickest? Is R.J. Barrett's slow start compared to Trey Young's slow start. You know why? Trey Young did not shoot the ball well at all in his first two, three games of Summer League. Struggled with turnovers. But Trey Young has two special qualities in his game. His shooting and his passing, which clearly showed off last year, which is why he was the runner-up rookie of the year. That dude's going to be something special. But you know what I look at with Andre Bear? I say, what, what is the special thing with this guy? He's not an athlete. He didn't really move around the court well. Obviously, his shooting stats, and he was never known for being a knockdown shooter at Duke. And his free throw line has got to improve. I mean, come on. This dude's a small forward. Third overall pick in the draft, and he's shooting two of eight? I don't care that it's the first two games of the Summer League. I remember watching the NCAA tournament. He missed some clutch free throws down the line for Duke. That was always a concern, and it will be a concern if he doesn't fix something. I mean, it, it's not... There's still hope, Knicks fans. There's still hope for R.J. Barrett. I really... I hope and pray that he's not a bust. But right now, it is not looking too well. I'm not going to sit here and call him a bust after two games of Summer League because that's not fair. I didn't do it with Trey Young. I'm a tra- fan of Trey Young, and I'm a fan of RJ, and I want to see him impro- improve as a player. But I, I just don't – I'm worried right now because I don't see much in him. I really don't see what his quality – like he's supposed to be a slasher, but inside the paint he was shooting uh, 32% from the field. So I don't know. I don't know what that – all right, two more. We'll do six today because it's the first one, and I got one more that came to me on my mind which I'd like to talk to. But here's the one that I wrote down. Like last year, what will a Kyrie Irving-led Nets team do in the playoffs? Okay, Kyrie left Boston. There it is. Left Boston to go to Brooklyn. Celtics filled his place with Kemba Walker, who was I think will be better for the Celtics next year because he's not a locker room cancer and he knows how to get his teammates involved. But that's another story for another day, and we're here to talk Kyrie. So what will Kyrie Irving do in the playoffs? Right now, I have the Nets hovering as a 4-5 seed, you know, them and the Pacers right now. I think, I think they'll take that leap forward to be right behind the Celtics. I think it'll be the Bucks, then the Sixers, then the Celtics, then probably the Nets, which is what they were last year. They, they were the 4 seed, and Indiana was the 5th seed, and the Celtics beat them, beat them good. So I think same thing after the first round, no problem, but... If Kyrie Irving runs into a Giannis-led Bucks team, and what's, what's the help right now that we got? We got Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan, uh, maybe Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. We don't know because he's a free agent. And Karis LeVert, who I love, who I think will be their second best player next year. Karis LeVert. Uh, I just, again, I see a good team, but it's a similar situation to the Jazz, although the Jazz don't have a superstar that the Nets do in Kyrie Irving. But in this scenario, in the Eastern Conference next year, if they run into, if they, just let's just face it, guys, if they run into a Sixers or a Bucks-like team in the second round of the playoffs, they don't stand a chance. No, I'm talking about the 2019-2020 season, not the 2020-21 season, which is a completely different ball game. You're adding the second best player in the world to 
God, I hope and pray recovers from that awful Achilles injury, which I think he will because he's Kevin Durant and he's a top 10 player this game has ever seen, ever, which I'll talk about another time. But he is, definitely. He's a top 10 player. He's great. He's phenomenal, Kevin Durant. You're telling me you and Kyrie Irving will know that it's going to be Kevin Durant's team. Kyrie Irving was so weird with this last year because he, he wasn't used to it with the Celtics in his tenure there because when he was with LeBron, he knew it was LeBron's team. He, he knew it was LeBron's team and he just played his role, which is being that second best player, scorer, three-point maker. But this is, this is why I think he struggles in his uh, rookie, rookie campaign with the Nets his first season. I don't think they'll go anywhere in the playoffs this year. But I'm telling you, the Nets will... Most likely come out of the East when they had Kevin Durant. If Kevin Durant's fully healthy and they have him to start the 2020 season, uh, there's no reason why they don't come out of the East and compete for a title. How great would that be? I'm not, come on. Would we ever think three years ago that a Nets-Lakers final would be in the near future? I mean, that would be something else. That would be great to watch. Nets-Lakers. Kyrie and KD versus LeBron and Anthony Davis. Whew. All right, last one. All right, let's talk about the Pelicans. We didn't really talk about the Pelicans that much. So... They don't have a superstar. They have Zion Williamson. I mean, they, they, they have a scary team. What do they got? They have Their starting lineup coming uh, this season is going to be Drew Holiday, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and who's the other kid they got? The center. Oh, I forgot. What is it? Jackson Hayes? Yes. Yes. I remember that Woj tweet about the most about athletic Front court of Zion and Jackson Hayes. Dude, that inside that that uh sorry. That dunk from Jackson Hayes that I saw in Summer League last night, that dude's an athlete. He is very athletic. And on the defensive end with Drew Holiday, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Zion Williamson. Oh, JJ Reddick. Yes, that's who I forgot. Sorry. JJ Reddick. They're siding lineup. I think Lonzo Ball will be the sixth man. They'll have Drew running the point. JJ Reddick at the two. Brandon Ingram at the three. Zion at the four. Hayes at the five. Yes, there we go. I knew I was missing somebody there. I mean, that's elite. Defense out of Zion, Drew Holiday, and Brandon Ingram. And then you're talking about Lonzo Ball coming off the bench, who's a very good defender. That's what he's known for. That's scary. But then, I use this, I use this reason for the Jazz. I use this reason for the Rockets. Or not the Rockets, the, um, the Knicks, kind of. Different scenario. I mean, a lot better team, obviously. But you look at this lineup, you say, oh, it's great, until you realize what team is going on in the Western Conference, like the Clippers and the Lakers and the Nuggets and the Blazers and the Warriors. Still, Warriors are still better than them. I, I have them hovering as like an 8-9, like they'd fight for that 8 seed. And I just don't see them. They're not going to win. If they make the playoffs, they're not going to win a round of the playoffs. I mean, come on. They face the 1 or 2 seed. They face an either LA team or a, or a Portland or, or a Denver if they get hot in the regular season. But I, I just don't see it. I don't see it. Eventually, oh, we're talking six, seven years down the line, six, seven, four or five years down the line when LeBron retires, when Ka- Kawhi's up there in age and Paul George maybe isn't even on the Clippers, go somewhere else to the Eastern Conference maybe. Then we're talking about a legitimate title threat. I mean, what David Griffin did there with the, with the Pelicans, and they're only going to get better, by the way, too. In that trade with the Lakers, the amount of first-round picks they got and the, with the trade that they made for the fourth pick. I mean, come on. This is, that's some elite-level stuff from David Griffin. He deserves a shout-out, too, just like Palenka. But ever, Griffin had it ever since he was in Cleveland. He did a great job in Cleveland, got the number one overall pick. And then he got the number one overall pick again in New Orleans, obviously picked Zion. And they're looking at a very special future right there. Alvin Gentry, good coach, good man. They're going to be good down the line. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed. That was the first episode of the Give and Go podcast. 
by me, Jackson Morrow. Follow my Twitter at podcastgive on twitter.com. Uh, it was a weird name. I didn't get to choose it. It gave it for me, but uh, I'll take it. It's fine. Podcast give. Um, next week, or I'm going to record another one. I'm going to aim for Friday or Saturday, which we won't involve the questions from the people that listen. But if you email me a question, if you know me, if you know me personally, text me and I'll save it. I'll write it down. But if you don't know me and you want to get involved in this podcast and it's going to get bigger, trust me, I'm telling you, it's going to be good. I hope. I hope you guys hope too. I hope you guys like it. Email me at jacksonmorrow321 at iCloud.com. Jackson, J-C-K-S-O-N, Morrow, M-A-U-R-O, 321 at iCloud.com. Send me that question. I'll look at it. I'll write it down. I'll answer every single one. I mean, we're not talking the Woj podcast with 100,000 viewers. We're talking about maybe a couple hundred viewers here. But just email it to me. I'm more than happy to answer your questions. And I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Uh, All right. I'll see you guys on Friday. Signing off. Peace.